My main focus as a goal for my clients is to not just reach their goal, but to keep their goal. And doing it quickly often doesn't allow them to keep it because you need to change a habit. You need to change a lifestyle to be able to get that goal and then continue with it. Because if you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to get the goal in a quick, easy way, possibly. But you haven't changed the routine, the, the things that are inherent in what your habits are to continue that goal on. From Women's Health Australia, this is Uninterrupted, a podcast where we share candid chats on all aspects of well-being so that you can live a healthier, more empowered life. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Gebilagen. After years of trying to live up to Hollywood's standard of the perfect body and even battling a year-long eating disorder when she was 17, Hilary Duff decided to shift her focus to getting strong. In our January issue of Women's Health Australia, she admits... Because of my career path, I can't help be like, I'm on camera and actresses are skinny. It was horrifying. But now, Hilary says she's proud of her body. She's appreciating her health, doing things that make her feel strong instead of just bettering the outside of her body. She's spending time with people that make her feel good and share similar views on health and body positivity and getting enough sleep and balance in her diet. One person who has helped her do exactly that is her personal trainer, Dominic Leader. In this episode, he shares in detail how he helped Hillary get into the best shape of her life and maintain it. Dominic, thank you so much for joining Women's Health Australia on this chat. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now, before we get into how you worked with our cover star, Hilary Duff, I'd love to know how you ended up in LA from the UK training a Hollywood star. <laughs> so I moved to LA, so I'm also an actor, as is most most Los Angelians out here. Um, and that's what brought me to LA. What brought me to the Hollywood star, I've always loved training people. While I was out here during the pandemic, it forced me to get a bit more serious about it. I uh, took a course at the... National um, Association of Sports Medicine. It changed me as a trainer dramatically and it started opening up other doors and other people. And then I met Hillary. She loved kind of what I did, what how I trained, told me that she had an up and coming photo shoot that she needed to train for. So we started for that. We're still continuing to work together now, but we initially started working just for that women's health cover. So that's kind of how I got to be in LA and why I'm still here, because I love California. I mean, what's there not to love? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you spoke then about when you went to study, it changed you as a trainer. What did you mean by that? Well, I feel like a trainer before, and I think this goes for a lot of trainers, and there's nothing wrong with it. We we train people how we have trained ourselves Mm. or how we have been trained in the gym or what has worked for us. That's our only point of contact for what we know works. But by doing the training and taking that course and really I got really into it and it's stuff that I really enjoy you start looking behind the science of everything so it it opens you up as a trainer to not just work the way that's worked for you but to also work in a multitude of different ways know the the different kind of acute variations that you can use to kind of form change also work science-based so really work on making sure no one gets injured I myself, back in the years, went through an injury cycle left, right and centre, but I'm, I'm happy to say that none of my clients to date have ever been injured because I think the way that I work, um, and it works on muscle imbalances, form, uh, things like that. So it, it changed me in the way that I became a lot more educated in the field and continuing to study educates me more and it's something that I, I have a huge passion for and the only other thing I have a passion for other than acting, really. So it's I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to do the two things that I 
I most love. <laughs> so tell me about your own approach to training prior to studying. Oh, that was listen to my mates who were big and, and swole, <laughs> who had the muscles and who had the body that, that I wanted and try to go down that kind of line, eat what they ate, you know, completely disregarding the fact being that my body's a completely different body from theirs. Not seeing the goals all the time, pushing myself further and getting injured and going back and doing it all over again and seeing some results, but not quite getting it. But yeah, that, that's how I kind of trained before. <laughs> Something that you just said there, I feel like will resonate with people listening is the idea of having this goal of a body shape that you want to look like, but not taking into consideration your own body and what it needs and its natural shape. Yes. And I think, I think that's huge. It's everyone's body's difference. Everyone's goals are different, but I think unless you hone in on, on where that body's at before you start you're not going to get the goals and you're not going to get what you where, where you want it to be. So it's kind of beginning from a place of ground zero. You can't build a house without the foundation. Mm. And I feel like a lot of us forget about having to build that foundation because we go, oh, well, I can run, I can move, I can do all this stuff. So why wouldn't I be able to do this incredibly complicated move and lift heavy weights while doing it? Yeah. Forgetting the fact that we have stabilization muscles and our body's extremely complicated and incredibly clever in how it will move for us the way we want it to. It just maybe shouldn't move that way just yet, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. But then even like having some a goal that's not even realistic, it's interesting to hear it from a guy's perspective too because in our audience, say women's health, we hear it a lot from the female perspective. Like this idea right now that seems to be trending is like people wanting to get back to a size zero, which is really, really disheartening. Unfortunately, there's social media as well that I think we're in a whole different world from when I started training. <laughs> yeah. A whole different world. And I, I feel for everyone that's in it. And it's just kind of bringing it back to basics and kind of really making it more just about not just what you look like, but holistically on the inside out as well. Kind of how you feel, how tired you are on a daily basis, how, how training can actually make you feel mentally better, physically better, mm. um, rather than just visually better. And I think that's something I really try to, to focus on with my clients a lot as well. How do you help your clients who have a goal that just isn't realistic? Not even just for them, but just for people in general, because again, it's like this curated version of reality. How do you help them reassess that goal and find something that actually is meaningful to them and will actually work for them? I think the, the best way I've found and the most successful, um, I've tried multiple ways, but the, the one that I've found is, is to educate them, share the knowledge that I have. I also kind of share anonymously kind of the progressions of some of my other clients or be able to, I can talk from a place of knowledge and experience that I feel like they can trust. And I also always coat it with positivity because that's what it's about. We're meant to enjoy what we do and enjoy the journey. <laughs> and I think that's the, the most important part. And if it's an unrealistic goal, they're not going to enjoy the journey because they're looking for different things than what they should be looking for. Can you give examples with specifics? Of course, not naming names or anything. Mm. No, no, of course. Oh, well, actually, there is this person. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, <laughs> the obvious one is, not the obvious one, but I think the, the most common one is wanting to lose a significant amount of weight fast. Mm. And I feel that is exacerbated by these... I mean, to be fair, like the, a lot of famous people as well that have gone on what I would call a fad diet lost an incredible amount of weight 
They take photos, you see it, but no one knows what happens after that. And often with fad diets, things deteriorate straight away afterwards. Fad diets are meant for like a start, middle and end. And if you don't realize the end and what's going to happen after that fad diet, we have a real unrealistic idea about what our goals could be. And I think that's the most common I've found amongst people is losing a, a certain amount of weight, an amount of body composition that makes them unhappy and trying to educate them enough to, to realize how difficult that is, what their diet has to be, how much they have to work, what a realistic amount and a healthy amount is, and also that it's, it's more of a marathon than it is a sprint. Making it a marathon means that my main focus is as a goal for my clients is to not just reach their goal, but to keep their goal. And doing it quickly often doesn't allow them to keep it because you need to change a habit. You need to change a lifestyle to be able to get that goal and then continue with it. Because if you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to get the goal in a quick, easy way, possibly. But you haven't changed the routine, the, the things that are inherent in what your habits are to continue that goal on. Yeah. And I think that too relates to this idea of weight loss as a goal, not being something that's strong enough to actually impel people. Like like you were touching on earlier, the thing that you focus on is like the actual changes, like you, the internal changes you feel or how training can transform your life. It's not having a, a goal like weight loss doesn't, doesn't result in lasting change. Yeah. For one, that weight loss is going to, undulate hugely so if you're if you're setting your goal on on a set of scales and what it says the unfortunate thing is it's gonna undulate and that's also going to undulate if you're a female with with your cycles it's going to undulate with depression or how you're feeling it's also going to undulate I don't even know if undulate's the right word I've said it way too many times um <laughs> I also think that um when you are working out my main thing is to build lean muscle mass in my clients that is then going to up their metabolism. But before that metabolism rises, they might see a heightening in their weight because muscle weighs more than fat. For instance, I, I had a client that she, she lost, no, she gained nine pounds of lean muscle mass and the weight went up. Obviously, it's kind of going down, but it didn't, it didn't change as much as she wanted. And then when I found out, you know, we do certain assessments that we find out where that weight has come from and, and how the muscle to fat ratio is in their body, the body composition, we then found out, wow, you've actually gained this much muscle. That's incredible because then now you're already starting, your metabolism kicking in. And I'd say in a couple of weeks time, you're going to start burning, just sitting down, sleeping. You're going to start burning just to stay upright. <laughs> And I, I, so I've babbled on a little bit there, but I think uh, the other important thing to remember is performance goals and it, for not just to be about visual. Performance goals are huge because you get to your goals in a fun way that you don't realise that you've managed to reach there. There's more of a genuine feeling of accomplishment knowing that you've hit these performance goals rather than a random number on a scale that you chose was going to be the right one, right? Precisely. And, it, and it's, it's more tangible. A month ago, you weren't able to do a pull-up. Well, now you can do a pull-up and you've gained all the right muscles, the lean muscle mass to do so, and you're now using it in your training. And oh, look at that. Weight loss has happened as well. And you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Also, the tricky thing with weight loss too, I used to compete in boxing competitions and we'd have weigh-ins. And the way that we would make sure we weighed in at the right weight is we'd rely on water loss for those last few hours. In the morning, I might be... 52 kilos by the evening I'm by like I've gained another two or three kilos like this is why the number just focusing on a number like that just doesn't make sense 
it doesn't. And as much as we, you know, I try to be as realistic as possible because I, I understand that for a lot of people it is there. But like I say, instead of telling someone, no, don't do it, that's putting a negative on it. It's just educating them and finding the way that they can know it from facts and science rather than just have their trainer essentially emotionally abusing them to be like, stop doing this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You mentioned that you met Hillary in the lead up to the shoot that she wanted to prepare for. How did how did you meet her anyway? I believe it was a mixture of word of mouth from other people that I was working with. And then I was working briefly at a studio to help out a friend after COVID in LA because he'd lost a lot of staff and I came in and helped and then I met her there. Someone that I'd worked with told her to come to it basically. And then it was, yeah. Yeah. And you're still working with her now, which is awesome. Still working with her now. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell me when she came with, came to you with this goal, how did you decide to tackle it? So we didn't have that long, actually. Luckily, she wasn't a stranger to fitness. So f her fundamentals were there and I was able to kind of work a little bit off how I would normally work with a new client. Work resistance training was, was the most important thing for me because I wanted to basically build the lean muscle mass up her metabolism. Her diet was a huge factor. Um, and I wanted to make sure that she was eating the correct amount of macros for the goals that she needed. And the plan always then on the lead up towards the shoot, the week or two beforehand, we then did what I like to call a fad diet to in, in essence, something you might understand with it with the boxing is to shed the water weight. So for that photo shoot, she could feel and look the best that she could. But in all honesty, I don't personally think she needed it. The work she did beforehand was, uh, it was insane. And, it, and it, she is still an inspiration to pull on for my other clients because a lot of my clients will, or have done in the past, just the dieting and they've seen results, but they haven't done the exercise or they use me as the exercise, but they don't focus on the diet and they see results. But only when you realize when someone's really goal driven for something, do they put those two things together and the results are tenfold. And she was a huge testament to that. And I, I took my hat off to her. She did everything I told her to. She worked her ass off and she looked incredible. And, and she still managed to do that while being a mother to th three children, one of which she just gave birth to. Uh, an amazing wife and also her incredible career. So it's, it, it was really impressive. And, you know, a lot of people are saying well done to me, but in actual fact, she really worked her ass off <laughs> and it was down to her really with my guidance <laughs> yeah but credit is due where credit's due and like having a good trainer makes a massive difference so can you tell me about the resist the kind of resistance training that you were doing with her yes I call the phase of strength endurance um so it was supersetting two types of exercises, mainly to focus on the, the, the build of lean muscle mass. And I know a lot of people like to avoid weights because they feel like they're going to get big and bulky. But what I tell my clients that say that is like, if only you realized how hard it is to get big and bulky, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot to do with your diet and what you're lifting. And that there's a science behind it that it's, you know, you don't just pick up a weight and then suddenly you build huge muscles. I, of all people, do know that as well, because it's been a tackle of mine before I was educated. <laughs> but the strength endurance, it's supersetting essentially a strength exercise with a stability exercise. And to put that in easier terms, a strength exercise, we're looking at 
around a, a 75 to 85% of your one rep max, we call it. So a weight that you can quite happily do eight to 10 reps with perfect form. Do it at a 202 rep range. So that's two seconds concentric, two seconds eccentric, the lift and the drop. Straight away after that, we then drop the weight down and we do, let's say, eight reps, eight to 10 reps at a slower rep range, which is a four to one count, four eccentric, one concentric with a two, two second isometric, which is a hold. What that does is it exhausts your stability muscles that have already worked to support the main muscle movers in the strength exercise, and it exhausts them so that they are at their kind of peak, they're building, the main muscles are building as well. I find promotes the best way of lean muscle mass while also um, working cardiovascularly. It, it works. It, it is just the I found the best way to to kind of promote weight loss and lean muscle mass to get the the, the body that people want if it's mixed well with a with a good, clean, sensible, science based diet. Yeah, that kind of training also works really well for if you have performance goals. So what you're explaining is very similar to what my strength and conditioning coach would put me through when I was training for boxing fights. It's because it, 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 if you don't have strong stability muscles, how can you expect them to support your prime movers when doing big, intricate moves? So it's it's all about, my first phase would always normally be stability. And we just focus on the stability. A four, two, one count, working all different ranges of motions, different planes of motions and exercises. We then go to strength endurance, which is then building the strength of it and then exhausting the stability muscles so that if the goal is for muscle building, it prepares the body enough for that. But if it's not, then we just cycle through each time, just making sure that the body's making changes and not plateauing. Can you give an example of two exercises you would combine in a superset? I would say if you were to perform a push-up, after, of course, you have worked stability enough that you can do it with perfect form because it makes a huge difference. So let's say you perform eight press-ups, push-ups, and then straight away you get onto a stability ball, um, a big yoga ball, and you either use that to push up on as well at a four to one count, or you turn over, get some light weights, maybe some 10 pounds, eight to 10 pounds, and perform a chest press with the rep range of a four to one count, four seconds down, holding for two at the bottom, pressing up for one. And continuing that that would be a, a good example for a chest um strength endurance and then how long were the sessions that you were doing and how many times a week so with hillary we set four times a week one hour sessions and then the lead up to it we went to five sessions a week two weeks before the shoot and how long were each session one hour one hour so in her interview she also mentions you used a theragun on her so it sounds like you also had that focus on recovery can you tell me about how, how you incorporated that into her training as well and educated her on why recovery was also as important as training? So the Theragun for me, I, I love the Theragun. It's, it's quick and fast for releasing certain things, but my, my main love of what I try to get my clients to do is actually roll uh, SMR, self-myofascial release, uh, doing pinpoint rolling, not just fascia rolling, which is the back and forth, but finding those hard points and sitting on them for 30 seconds. Um, the science behind it, it's painful, but the science behind it is huge and it works. I've changed like people's, I would say lives actually, because their, their bodies were in a real bad way and it's really changed them. Now with Hillary, she wasn't really down for learning that 
or having the time to do it. I won't make her out to be a stubborn person, but uh, she was pretty stubborn with it. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to find um, we had to find the next best thing, uh, which is either Farsha rolling or Theragun. And between those two, I believe the Theragun is superior. It's easier to be able to do it yourself as well, just to kind of release the tension that's there. But without the recovery, she wouldn't have been able to work out four to five times a week because your body goes into exhaustion. And then when your body goes into exhaustion, it starts doing crazy things like eating the protein for energy. When you want that protein to go to lean muscle mass build, you're tired. She wouldn't, wouldn't have the energy to go to work the next day, be there for her kids. You know, a lot of people like to train to their absolute max until sometimes they feel sick. And I personally believe it's almost counterintuitive, counterproductive to do it that way. And you should always leave something left in the tank so that you can keep on training, keep on reaching those goals in a, a very in, in a much safer environment and way. Yes. And so also that it's not depleting you from energy from other aspects of your life too. Correct. Because then it's not fun. <laughs> very true. What else do you do personally for recovery? <laughs> I'm very fortunate and I, I love to sauna and uh, go into a plunge pool. We've recently just uh, redone our backyard and got ourselves those wonderful things. Oh, nice. I also love rolling. I, I will always roll pinpoint rolling, specifically self-fascia release, because I preach it, because I believe it. And it, it's changed my life for where my injuries and my cycles were, and I no longer have them. And any time that I stop that rolling and stop that recovery... Sure enough, twinges start coming in and then I get rolling again and it's all fine again. It's revolutionary, in my opinion. <laughs> it's one of those things that I think a lot of people know they should be doing, but don't do. Oh, yeah. I am guilty. Yeah, gu I'm, I'm also guilty when, when things get too busy. But it, all you have to do is listen to some pro athletes and, and, and also how they talk about it. And it, that's their job. That's their life. And yeah, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, true. And they're like training. Some of them are training like eight hours a day. And without fo the focus on recovery, like you say, we wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to keep up to that, that level of training. Yeah. And then injury would then in turn happen. And for them, that's like a long period of time out of what they are one paid to do, what they enjoy to do. Injuries are rife if that recovery isn't respected. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll start. I'll stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> now you've touched on nutrition. I was hoping you could expand a bit more. Like you were talking about um, macros can you explain to our listeners your own approach and then how you decide like the macro breakdown for your clients depending on their goals? Yeah, no, of course. I, I want to put it out there just on a legal stance. I'm not a dietitian. <laughs> those people or a nutritionist per se, those people go and study for, uh, for many, 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 many years. Um, I have a, an education behind it and I enjoy researching looking into it and pulling from lots of different um science-based kind of facts I, I can speak to hillary's um as, as i guess this is what it's about i i put her on a 50 30 20 there's a huge misconception that carbohydrates are the devil and i cannot emphasize it enough and i can't believe i have the conversation as many times as i do and i can't believe that it's not pushed out in the world by social media more <laughs> Uh, they are not. There, there are two different types of carbohydrates, uh, complex carbs and then simple carbs, which is essentially sugars. They burn quickly. They don't really do much for satiating you or giving you energy. Um, but the complex carbs are 
in my opinion and the, the science base that I've looked at are imperative because if you don't have carbs, your body uses other things for energy. And if it uses other things, that protein that you're eating is going to go to energy. And because the way I work is resistance training, we want that protein to go to the lean muscle build to help with their metabolism. We need carbs and the right carbs that are going to one, satiate you so you don't have as much. But not only if someone is doing a deficit of, of calories, you need to be eating the right carbs so that you are satiated for long enough so you're not then tempted to eat more. If you don't have those carbs, your body's going to use protein. Your energy is going to be down, in my opinion. And the, the complex carbs, simply put, is, is, is the least processed form of carbohydrate. It still has a lot of fiber in it. The other fact that people always miss is we are always told uh, there are a lot of ways of having protein. Meat, obviously, is a complete protein. But there are a lot of proteins out there that are not complete. Beans, uh, legumes, all this sort of things. And to complete them, you need the amino acids that are in complex carbs to join with that protein that you've just put in there but it's not quite complete and then you complete it which then means the protein that you think you're getting is then going to good use because without those amino acids that protein is going to be wasted it's not going to go to your lean muscle mass so it's just another reason and another fact as to why carbohydrates and the right ones are imperative for my style of training for the goals of my clients that have seen some huge remarkable changes when they reintroduce the right carbohydrate into their body the the other side of it as well we've got the 30 percent is actually fat and the 20 percent is protein and when we say fat that again it has to be the right fats you know we've all heard the nuts but again even with nuts you know, walnuts pecans they're good nuts peanuts not so good for good fats or or all the right stuff so it it's educating yourself it, it really is and, and trying to avoid the social media aspect and have that be like your springboard to your research but I feel like in this world we educate ourselves way too much from TikTok than we do finding out our own facts behind it. In her interview with Women's Health Hillary also talks about how you know how she's learned to love her body over the years and how even Hollywood has started to has become more accepting of different body shapes now have you noticed the same kind of feeling from your clients where they're not necessarily going after an ideal? Yes and no. I've got other clients that are in the industry and some make their living from the size that they are. So some just want to focus on their health, internal health, which is one, one thing of those, you know, I guess one example of that where, yes, it is going that way. With the general public especially the younger generation i i feel like it has to lead with exactly what hillary's saying the people that are in the limelight because the younger generation are following those people they are and it's not even the younger generation honestly it's it's what we're kind of fed with um from social media so i, I think it's i think it's on its way for sure and i think what she's saying is true but i think it's still got a really long way to go in, in my personal opinion um, before people can really accept that health is more important than visuals and happiness and internal drive and 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 positivity is so much stronger than a than a size zero let's say it's different for everyone but it, it's so important because I, I i see it debilitating people sometimes i really do and i hear oh i want to be the next kim kardashian i i you know she did this she did that and it and it's it's tough 
because social media shows you what you want to see. They don't show the struggle. They don't show the hard work that these people have put in. They don't show you the ways that they've done it and they do not show you the results after they've done it. And I feel like that then is being told a fact without all the information that isn't then a fact. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes not even a fact, just with, you know, the use of edit photo editing tools and filters. like Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I think that is changing slightly as well, which is nice. I'm hearing more and more from models that I know, actors that I know, that that is also that there's, there's a movement that's changing that, which is great, but I still think we're at the beginning of it. <laughs> I, I do not think by far it's, it's fixed. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely not. Now, when this podcast comes out, we'll be approaching the new year and every time the new year comes up, a lot of people reassess their their goals they do <laughs> they do and you know make some massive proclamations that this year is the year that everything is going to change for, for people listening who may have had massive goals like this that have then just dissipated within the first couple of weeks of January what kind of advice do you have for creating goals that will then stick it would be easy for me to say be realistic but I don't think that really answers the question, does it? I think know that it's it, it's just as much to, to do with habit building as it is setting a goal. And I think if you educate yourself, and in and, and this time before the lead-up, educate yourself in the science behind habit building so that you can start even start implementing that. And, and, and also don't wait to the new year. You know, if you want it and you know it's going to be good for you, start small. I always say to people that are struggling by eating the right things, I find the most positive way to look at that, and this this will, I promise, coincide with the question, but it's cheat days. Everyone talks about, oh, I want a cheat day. Some people can't have it to be a day, and they beat themselves up, and they, they, they fill themselves with negativity that they've failed, and that, in turn, makes them stop or eat more because they feel like shit. So what I try to, 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 to help people with within the habit building is, all right, here we go. How about we look at this week? Do you think if we had three cheap meals, I like to say meals because day could all go tits up. <laughs> <laughs> three cheap meals and you spread them out evenly over the week so that on, let's say your days are Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Let's just say that. So on Saturday, you're going, oh, I really want that cheesecake. Instead of then beating yourself up to say, no, 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 I can't, change that way of thought and go, well, on, on Monday, I can have it. So it gives you something to look forward to and it gives you a positive to work towards rather than going, oh, no, you can't have that. No, and beating yourself up about it. That's the same for all the goals that you set yourself in January. Realistic, and that's not just in terms of the goal you want, but in terms of how you're going to get there. You know, do you work out five times a week at the moment or do you work out five times a month? If that's the case, look to work out once or twice a week. That's a goal that once you get there, and, and I've, I've done a lot of research in habit building and it's amazing actually that there was someone, I can't remember her name, but she was talking about if you never go to the gym, but you know you need to, even starting at picking up your coat and going to your car, see where that gets you. If that's where you stop, you stop. Once you get in that car, go to the gym. That's your goal. If you don't go into the gym, fine, you're there. But the amazing thing about doing that, setting yourself little incremental goals, is that you end up actually going into that gym. And then if you don't, you don't tell yourself that you have to work out, you just have to go in. And then guess what? 
you'll most probably end up working out. And if you don't, that's fine. You made it to the gym. The next time you get to up it. And it's the same for food, goals. And I I found it fascinating and it works because we all are internally competitive with ourselves. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. And finding a way to access that in a positive way is the most important thing to keep on a goal, I I believe. Definitely. Because if you think too, like if you say you don't go to the gym much and then you're like, I'm going to go start running three times a week and you're thinking about that run and it's like, oh God, too much. I didn't even want to try. I love the idea of it. Don't want to try. The idea of it. And then by the time the first week is gone, you're like, ah, shit, um, guess I'm not running. (laughs) (laughs) I'll wait till next year. (laughs) Yeah, I'll wait till next year. January's coming around 12 months later. (laughs) I I think that is also speaks to people's goals. And even just saying running, like running, if you haven't run as a child, as a youth, it is such an impactful form of exercise on your body that if you don't then prepare yourself to run, we think it's just a natural God-given gift. But if you don't prepare your body and look at your muscle imbalances, roll, recover, do all the things to prep to that run, it's going to be hell. (laughs) And then you're going to stop. And it goes for everything you see on social media, like someone doing this incredibly impressive move or handstand that, that we go, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And completely negating the fact that this person that's showing you has taken three years to, to build their muscles enough to be able to do it and not injure themselves. We forget that everything needs to be built. So to be gentle on ourselves, remember that it's going to be a journey and just start the journey slow. Crawl before you can run, you know? And that, I hope, will, will allow people just to be nicer to themselves, you know? Not beat themselves up so much because that really does screw people up sometimes you know and it gets them worse it gets them down more and it gets them more further away from any goal that they could ever dream of let alone exercise that is very true you learn life jeff you do definitely learn life lessons through fitness (laughs) yeah and exercise and training yes you do you do so there was one question i forgot to ask you about hillary's training now that she's done the shoot and everything and you went through that initial training what goals are you working on with her now that's a very good question because this was a struggle that we had because that goal of hers was so important enormous and it was so strong it was a it was a fantastic example of goal setting of having something bigger than yourself or having having something to work towards and and you work towards it we then hit like a a bit of a not a slump but a, a difficult stage of what what our goals want to be and then that goal was an easy kind of goal it was set date was set let's do it and we had to go through the process of learning what goals are again and what is important and i don't feel like she'll she'll mind me saying this what's important to hillary is yes her fitness and health are hugely important to her but what's more important to her is her family and work as well but when she comes home from work, she wants to spend time with that family because she spends very little with them sometimes when she's she's hard at work. So every moment counts. So it was it was a way of finding a goal around that, a way to maintain stuff because our amount of sessions went down a week. Then it was down to me to kind of work out how best to maintain what we have while she is also enjoying her life and doing what she needs to do as a human being that has three children, a job and so many other other things so i think it's useful for people to know that it was a struggle the goal setting was a struggle and what we ended up going was well our goal right now is to maintain what we have while still having a fantastic life 
work balance that she wanted and that was important to her. She then went into filming for another another show, so it became even more difficult. But because that was our goal, we more times than not managed to keep that going so she can stay happy as to what she's achieving in the parameters that she has. And then when she finishes that work, we'll ramp back up again, we'll find some new goals. Um, but, but her main goals have basically been for the, li- the life-work balance, being able to maintain what she has, and nothing too lofty that she will not be able to achieve in her lifestyle. You both have worked out something that sets her up to succeed rather than setting her up for failure. Yeah. If we had like another lofty goal, she wouldn't have been able to do it because she doesn't have the time to do it. So maintenance was the goal, being able to keep on doing what she's doing with the less amount of workouts. And that is a goal because it's difficult. It's difficult on me to plan it, but uh, (laughs) it's even more difficult to maintain it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So what kind of mix did you end up settling on? Like, PTs versus walks out with her family. I don't deal at all with the family side of it. She just has time off. And what I have to deal with is trying to make sure that we do full body because if we're only doing it once or twice a week, I want to make sure that we're still working that full body. And and what I thought was important and feel is important is we've been working a lot in planes of motion, different planes of motion, because if you just keep on working in the sagittal plane, that front and backward plane, like a bicep or a or a forward lunge, you're then missing out all the other intricate small muscles that allow you to... She started playing tennis, for instance, and if we didn't keep them up, uh, a lateral movement with force might then bust a knee out if we didn't work in different planes. So for me, it was about same intensity, different planes of motion each week, keeping it exciting for her, but essentially lessening the amount we worked out while trying to get the same amount of work in so that she can then go and enjoy her kids. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important for anyone listening to take note of is that your your life circumstances change at different points and it's okay for your training to reflect that too. For me even at the moment, I'm getting to only train three to four times a week, if that. Before having a baby, before having getting before working as an editor, I was training twice a day, but that was because I was training for fights, so Different stage, different kind of training. Right, different stage, different different goals. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm the same. I, I got extremely busy after the magazine came out. I, I had a lot of requests and I tried to help as many people as I could. My training fell off a little bit. Um, I now have a goal because I'm actually coming to Australia um, for a job, uh, a shoot that I would like to be in better shape for. And uh, <laughs> can you tell us more? Is it? Um, I, I can. It, it's, it's actually not. It's not acting. It's to do with fitness. Um, there's a company called the Pilates Class, which are doing amazing things out there, and they were looking for a male trainer to branch out away from just doing Pilates to to general fitness. And they approached me, and I thought it'd be great. So I'm going to be flying out there to film some workouts for their forum. That's the Pilates Class. Um, That's exciting. That's great. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that, that'd, be, that'd be good. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a, a new avenue, a new venture. Yeah, it should be fun. Any other fun things that you're working on that you'd love to share with the audience? Other than that, it'd be acting. Um, I was recently just in, uh, in that movie about Marilyn Monroe Blonde, which was a, a wonderful thing. Um, anything other than that, I'm just uh, trying myself to knuckle down. I just recently got married. I just bought a house. So it's... Yay congrats thank you um it's it's all all happening (laughs) it's all happening it's all happening and it's again you know it's 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 to what you said I 
love working out. It makes me happy. If I don't, it's like if I don't eat food, I get very hangry. And I get a little bit agitated if I don't work out. But just like everyone, you know, I we, we got married. I bought a house. Unfortunately, we, we, we had a death in the family. And all of that stuff stops your working out often. But if you see the benefits and research the benefits, even before you've even felt them, on what exercise can do for you, it's a worthwhile thing to make sure that you set that time. Same with meditation, same with eating healthily, getting enough sleep, all of that is just all so important for our longevity of life and happiness of life. So focus on that rather than just the idea of, I need to work out because I feel like I should, or I wanna lose weight. You know, it's, it, it's bigger than that, it's bigger. And I think as soon as you realize it is, it becomes a, a no brainer and, and possibly that little bit easier to to be kinder to yourself to to get to do it this episode of uninterrupted was hosted and produced by me lisa gabilagan with additional sound editing by abby williams for more from us pick up a copy of our latest issue with hillary duff on the cover find it on newsstands or online via apple news plus visit us at womenshealth.com.au and follow us on instagram at womenshealthaus Thank you and see you next time.